opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County. Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about life lessons and our spirituality. And you know, we talk so much about fighting for love in our life, and sometimes We have to fight against anything in our own lives that keeps us from getting the kind of love that we want. And that love can be the love of God, the love of our friends, our family, because we're all really one. And so I'm so thrilled because I've been enjoying this book, Life Lessons, 125 Prayers and Meditations by Julia Cameron, who is the best-selling author of The Artist's Way, which I read many years ago, and then... I read again last year and enjoyed it so much. I took a class and we read it together with a whole group of people. And And I got up and did my morning pages and I tried to be as artistic as possible in so many different ways because I'm so left-brained that I had to get into my right brain. And and that was Julia just really turning me on to that that beauty. Let me tell you a little bit about her. If you haven't read her Artist's Way or Life Lessons, she's actually the author of some, uh, 40 books. So let me tell you a little bit about Julia. She's been an active artist for more than four decades She's the author of more than 40 books, fiction and nonfiction, including such best-selling works as the, cre- as the creative process of The Artist's Way, which has probably been uh, republished so many times, uh, Walking in This World and Finding Water. She's a novelist, pray- playwright, songwriter, and poet, and she has multiple credits in theater, film, and TV. She divides her time between Manhattan and the high desert of New Mexico. What a dichotomy. But you can find out more about her at our website at conflicthealing.com where you'll see her picture, her bio, a JPEG of her book. And we link to her website at juliacameronlive.com. So thank you, Julia, for joining us. We're so thrilled to have you back on the show. Well, you're very welcome. It's good to be back. I love this little book. It is so precious. What inspired you to write Life Lessons? Well, I say that I wrote the book in order to soothe people. Mm. I was living alone up the mountain from Santa Fe, uh, and I was snowbound, and it made me anxious. And I thought... I need to write something that will calm me down. (laughs) So I started writing prayers, uh, and I was aiming at soothing my own anxiety. Uh, And what I found was that as I wrote, I soothed the anxiety of the people I was writing for. Yes. Uh, So I was uh, going along 
just autobiographically writing, uh, and then I found myself thinking, oh, it's a little book. (laughs) Yes, beautiful. I I love this one because, you know, as a type A personality, this one really hit me. It's uh, number 19. It says, tired one, allow yourself to rest. Do not push yourself onward, ignoring fatigue. Your body is the beloved vehicle that houses your soul. Treat yourself gently. Do not force yourself forward. Remember, H-A-L-T, halt. Do not get too hungry, too angry, too lonely, or too tired. Fatigue is dangerous. Rest. And that's such a good one for me because I will push myself and say, okay, I, I just have to write two more paragraphs, or I just have to call one other client. And it's usually not the best thing to do. So I thought that was really very, very helpful to remind me of that. I loved it. (laughs) Thank you. So why do so many of us desire more spiritual connection yet find it so difficult? Well, I think this is an interesting question. Uh, I believe that we have... Uh, propaganda uh, Mm. about our spirituality. Uh, Many of us were brought up uh, with a punishing God, a judgmental God. And naturally, who wants to get closer to that? (laughs) Right, right. Uh, And so what I found was when I wrote about a benevolent God, a loving God, a compassionate God, a kind God, uh, that I was writing to a need people had for tenderness. I noticed in the beginning you kind of talk about how the book should be used. You talk about that we often yearn for more of a spiritual life, but somehow can't get connected to it. And that for me, as as a meditator for the last oh, probably 40 years, it's a little bit easier because I know that within me is that spark of spirit. And so when I meditate, that's when I want to get close to that. So I know that spirit is really in all of us, right? Yet, yes, I uh, think so. Yeah, but I think other people look at this God out there or, you know, the God at the, in the Sistine Chapel with the white beard, <laughs> you know, and reaching his hand out. It's, it's really harder to get close to something that is so far away, wouldn't you say? Well, I, I think uh, that we believe uh, that God is hard to reach. Mm. I think we have a belief that says God is distant uh, and that we must work very hard and try very hard to make contact. And what I have found is that contact is actually very simple. It's just sort of a matter of saying, hello, (laughs) and letting the conversation begin. And so when you, I know you wrote this to soothe your own soul. Um, How might these prayers and meditation really help someone who considers themselves really spiritually, spiritually blocked? Well, I think the prayers are very simple and sweet. Uh, And I think that what happens is that people may come to the book with skepticism, uh, but as they read, 
they begin to relax. Mm. Uh, and as they relax, uh, they begin to find uh, that there is a, a connection. Uh, I, I like number 109, okay. which goes, Lonely one, we are with you at all times, although you seldom sense our presence. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's like they say that it isn't God that goes, moves away from us. We move away from God, right? Yes. Right. Yes, I think that's true, and I think uh, that what happens when people work with these little prayers uh, is that they begin to have a feeling that there's a benevolent force uh, that is trying to make contact with them, that for every bit that they reach out to God, God is reaching back to us. Right. So, you know... I- I think it's interesting. Some people may not understand how you wrote this. Like, you're writing from the perspective of God or angels, right? Why don't you explain that? Because you talk, like, 109 that you think is one of your favorites. It says, Lonely one, we are with you at all times, although you seldom sense our presence. We are by your side, closer than your breath. When you need companionship, turn to us. More than any human, we are your friend. When you crave company, come to us with your craving. Allow us to soothe the anxious pangs of loneliness. We are with you now. So sometimes you talk about we, and sometimes you talk about I. Tell us what you were thinking or what you were feeling when you wrote this. Well, what I found was that uh, if I listened, there was a, a voice that was speaking softly and quietly and firmly. Uh, and sometimes that voice was singular, as though we are written to the great creator, uh, to the higher power, to a singular sense of God. And then other times it was plural. Uh, and I began to realize that we had... Um, a great deal of support from what you might want to call higher forces. Mm. So uh, it was both sometimes God and sometimes higher forces. Uh, And what I found was that I needed to trust the voice. Mm. Uh, And, uh, you know, sometimes I would say, oh, how could you know this? And then I would think, be calm. You do know this. Mm. So were you, when you wrote this and you were, in a, you were by yourself and you sat down to write this to soothe yourself, did you feel like you were channeling voices? Did you feel like you were just, how did you do it? I mean, it didn't come from you, it came through you. Kind of explain that. Well, I don't use the word channeling uh, because I think it sounds a little bit too (laughs) woo-woo. Okay. But I do think uh, that we become conduits for a higher intelligence. Mm. Uh, And so uh, what would happen is that I would hear the beginning of a prayer, which maybe maybe says, little one. There is a divine plan of goodness for you. Mm. 
and I would hear that introductory phrase, uh, and then if I listened, I would hear, we guard and guide you, you are safe in our custody. Mm. Uh, and we, we found, uh, I, I read the book uh, to a friend of mine as I was writing it, uh, and she is a champion meditator. Mm. She gets up every morning at five and meditates for two hours. Wow. Uh, and uh, she said, oh, I love these little prayers. Yeah. I get up at five and I meditate for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's my... Okay. <laughs> Every morning at five, and I meditate for twenty minutes. I don't do the two hours. I, 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 I don't have the time, but um, but I do make the time for the twenty minutes. And sometimes things come to me. But I'm I'm wondering, you know, you being an artist, an artist in poetry, an artist in visual art. I mean, you're you're the essence of artist. And um, tell my audience how you get into that space. Since so many people are into their left brain and not getting centered and not really hearing those things, everyone can connect, right? Well, yes. I call it dropping down the well Mm. because I have a feeling uh, that as we try to connect, we do connect, but we connect with with a force that is a support. So instead of sort of trying to reach on high, which could create a sense of strain, we just drop down the well and listen. Mm. So in in writing, you know, because I've I've written five books myself. They've all been oh wonderful. Yeah, they've all been um, nonfiction, and uh-huh. um, and so for me, when I get into that place, I am in a place of like. I've been a teacher for many years besides being a lawyer. And so I get into that place where I'm visualizing that I'm teaching, you know. And so my books are didactic, um, which basically Your Artist Way was very didactic too. But um, I don't think I have to get into that deep, deep place to, to really connect. I'm not sure that I do. I'm... I'm often much more into my head than mm-hmm. into my soul, except maybe mm-hmm. for my last book, which um, is called Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy. It was much more into my soul, I think. But I love the way that you write because it's so soul-oriented, you know? And I just wonder if you can help us understand how do you go into that well? Well, I, I found that when I would sit quiet, uh, I would have a sense of guidance. Mm. So what would happen was I was living in a little adobe house up the mountain, uh, surrounded by pinon and juniper. Mm. Uh, and uh, we had the occasional bear. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, and um, so what I found was was when I felt threatened by, oh, dear, there's a bear tonight, uh, I would turn uh, 
to a sort of inner sense that said, you're safe and secure. Mm. And I think uh, anyone can pray saying, I'm safe and secure. I think uh, that uh, one of the things that I hope happens is that people read the book and then write their own prayers. Yes, yes. For whatever they need. Yeah. And this is, this is a good role model. So this is, as I'm looking at 125, where you say, little one, your perceptions are alert and accurate. In terms of doubt, remind yourself that your sensitivity is acute. You know and notice what you need to know. You register people and events accurately. Your guidance is subtle and keen. Denial does not block your perceptions. You are shrewd and knowledgeable. Appearances do not deceive you. You sense the truth and respond accurately to reality. You are grounded and safe. I love that. That's about getting in touch with your intuition, right? Right. I think uh, that one of the things that happens when we try and, quote, drop down the well uh, is that we come in contact with a, a force that sort of tells us our next right step. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think uh, as we try to make contact, we are led. Uh, and uh, a lot of the prayers are devoted uh, to uh, guidance. Little one, pray always. Turn your thoughts to us and ask us for guidance. Mm. Do not try to go through your day alone. Right. And this kind of reminds me of like the morning pages, how when I did, I was diligent when I was reading your book and doing the morning pages. And I found that a lot of thoughts or feelings would come through that seemed to me were from a higher consciousness or God or spirit or whatever you want to call it. So how does, how does this book kind of relate to The Artist's Way and the morning pages? Can you put that all together? I think so. I think uh, The Artist's Way is a series of long essays that sort of spell things out a step at a time. Uh, and when you read them, you connect to wisdom. And I think these little prayers are like a distillate. Uh, they're short, they're to the point, uh, and they address the same issues as the artist's way, but they address them in a much more succinct fashion. Right. So I think using the two books together is a wonderful plan. Yeah. And I think a lot of us nowadays, we don't sit down and really get quiet and write. You know, and I think there's a difference between writing on the computer and writing by hand. What do you think? Well, I agree. I I do all my writing by hand. I don't own a computer. Wow. (laughs) I don't do email. Wow. So, yeah, so I was just going to say, you know, you talk about, writing those morning pages. For people who haven't read your book, The Artist's Way, and haven't done 
classes with that book, which so many classes have been taught because it's just such a wonderful, wonderful experience to read and do the exercises in your book. Let's talk about what what you think about the morning pages, I mean, and how people could do that. And that could really lead to their own life lessons coming out, right? Yes, I think so. Well, I want to say that I would consider morning pages to be the bedrock tool, the bedrock tool of a creative recovery. Mm. And what the pages are, are three pages of longhand morning writing about absolutely anything. So it's as if you're taking a little whisk broom and brushing into the corners of your life so that all of the uh, all of all of the concerns that normally sort of eddy through your consciousness are are brought to the fore and you you see them clearly. So it's as if you're sending a telegram to the universe and saying, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Right, right, right. And, and it was almost like um, doing it was almost like meditation with your hand. <laughs> with, your, your, with your heart, your head, and your hand. You're, instead of having your eyes closed... Um, you're writing, or although sometimes I w- actually did the morning pages with my eyes closed and just just let my hand flow, just because mm-hmm. I felt like that was really going to be more free flowing. You know what I mean? Well, I consider morning pages to be a valid form of meditation. Yes, I've been doing them for thirty years. Yeah. So I have shelf upon shelf of journals. Wow. Yeah, and when you when you read back those morning pages, sometimes you go, wow, that was pretty insightful, or wow, you were pretty angry about that, <laughs> you know? Right. I, I, I laughed about it when we were taking the class, and I said, doing these morning pages is kind of like, just really like, diarrhea of the soul you know it was a terrible analogy but that's what it felt like one morning it just felt like I was just getting all that crap out of me you know and um but it was just a a strange feeling I remember thinking that but it really was wonderful you have um what primary message do you hope readers will really internalize after going through your book? After going through life lessons? Yeah, after life lessons. I want people to connect to a benevolent higher power. Mm. And I, I want them to realize that there is a great force for good that intends them great peace. Mm. You know, you have some, some beautiful... Uh, sections in here about, you know, like coping with the loss of a loved one and right. and depression. And so um, how do you suggest that people do cope with the tragedies of life? Well, I think uh, that the way we cope is by trying to connect with the higher power. 
Right. Uh, and as we reach out to the higher power and we say, dear God, this is unbearable, as we're suffering the loss of a loved one, for example, uh, and then we listen and we hear guidance that says, Death is a portal to new life. Everything is recycled, right? You know? <laughs> so our soul, I believe, will be recycled over and over again. And and so that made a lot of sense to me when I read that one that you had there. And so how does your book stop self-criticism? I remember when I was doing the morning pages Sometimes I was self-critical. I'd kind of yell at myself for something I did, and it was good because I got it out of me. And then as I kept writing, I would say something like, you shouldn't have done that, but, well, you did the best you could with the tools you had. And, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting how I would start out really self-criticizing, and then I'd come around to kind of forgiving myself for that. So Well, I think that what you're hitting on here is one of the primary purposes for doing uh, morning pages, and that is to put us in touch with compassion. Mm. And I think uh, that the prayers of life lessons also put us in touch with compassion, uh, that we may go to the higher power with a, a harsh mood uh, but as we write or as we read the prayers, uh, we find ourselves softening. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, again, what it brings forward is tenderness. Yes. I think we're hungry for tenderness. Right, right. I know a lot of people say they don't know how to pray. You know, I've heard people begging God. Um, you know, I happen to be into the science of mind where we have affirmative prayer. Where, yes, exactly. I love Ernest Holmes. Yes, yes. So so I, I do the five-step process where I first, you know, connect with God. You know, God and I are one. And then I see whatever I want to see. For example, if I would say I see my... I see spirit, you know, healing my daughter here and now perfectly. And then I just, you know, I see it in my mind and then I am grateful for it and I turn it over to God and all that. So I don't have one of these. I don't pray by begging. And I noticed that the prayers in here are not begging either. So um, what would you say to that about people, how, how to pray? Um, it, to, or these prayers are, are not begging prayers. And you want to speak to that? Well, I think uh, you're connecting to my own consciousness being connected to Ernest Holmes. Mm. I have read Science of Mind for many, many years. Uh, and I have found uh, that when we make a prayer that assumes that God loves us, Right. Uh, that assumes that there is a benevolent force, uh, then we start to pray a little bit differently than when we're begging. Right. Uh, and I myself uh, b believe that prayers should be uh, best affirmative. Yes, 
It's like uh, Wayne Dyer used to say, you know, believe it and then you'll see it. (laughs) That kind of thing that, that if we see that God is going to heal our children or our parents or heal someone, we just see them within that positive light, see them healthy or see the challenges in our life as, as being resolved, that as we see it, it becomes a reality. And so I, I see your prayers very much like that, you know, like you have this little one. We want you to trust yourself. We want you to trust your guidance as you turn to us. We hold a light to your path. The road before you is broad and gentle. Each step is closer. You can depend on us to give you careful guidance. You are well led as you ask us the course to take. Do not doubt the directions in which we lead you. Trust and trust trust us and trust yourself. Which I just thought that was so beautiful. It's just trusting that your higher power or God or spirit or whatever you want to call it is going to guide you to exactly what you need to fulfill your life in, in this while we're on this planet. I think exactly so. Just out of time, believe it or not. And Julia, we are always so blessed to have you join us, and especially with this new book, Life Lessons, 125 Prayers and Meditations. And this is by Julia Cameron. Julia, just give your website, and then it's time for us to go. Well, the website is Julia Cameron Live. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.